Well, what can I say? I'm good for two things. Making drinks and sounding good. What's up, everybody? We're always excited to have another podcast on BitFace, and tonight we have a special guest for everyone out there who plays Hearthstone. We've got Juice from Hearthcore who stopped by. He's going to chat with us about Hearthstone and about this wicked mixed drink that he's made for us. It's called BitFace Pixel Punch. What's up, Juice? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, you guys. Uh, how's things going for you? It's going great. We're just chilling here. We've got this BitFace Pixel Punch. Um, God, this is delicious i went out and picked up the ingredients literally 10 minutes before we jumped on well maybe i'll give the fine folks listening at home a rundown on what's in it absolutely go ahead man all righty so in a glass you're going to want to fill it with ice and then you're going to use one ounce of vodka one ounce of triple sec uh, i'd say about half an ounce of um what's that (laughs) <laughs> I sound really smart now. Uh, let me just look up the recipe because I forgot exactly what it was here. Grenadine. Half ounce of grenadine. Uh, about two and a half ounces of ginger beer. And then uh, a dash of lime juice. So, uh, yeah, juice. I can't even say juice. juice. Uh, <laughs> dash of lime juice and or Rose's lime juice. And awesome. there you go. You got yourself the pixel punch. Yep. And uh, that dash of lime juice really seals in the flavor. It does. I like citrus because it kind of helps blend everything together. Otherwise, it would just taste like cough syrup. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that. But, you know, as a child, cough syrup was uh, it was kind of tasty. Let's be honest. Grape-flavored Tylenol. <laughs> and as an adult, cough syrup helps out for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, as an adult, <laughs> cough syrup sometimes might be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to buy it from a bunch of different places. You can't buy it all at once. Uh, you know the trick. You can't hit the same CBS up on the same week. Nah, you gotta space it out before you make your shake and bake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we brought you on. I was listening to your podcast a couple times. Um, love a lot of the new episodes. I haven't caught up on all of them, I'll be honest. 39 episodes is a lot. You guys are getting up there. That's true, and on average they are like an hour to an hour and a half because I like... Um, getting off topic a lot and that's fine that's exactly what we plan to do tonight we're gonna get off topic we're gonna get back on topic and we're gonna talk about some hearthstone we've already (laughs) opened with making drugs from cough syrup so i don't know how many different directions we can go from here guys but let's let's explore it i think there's exactly one direction we can go from here and that's up (laughs) i was gonna say or straight to the walgreens (laughs) there's one right across the street oh perfect I mean, you have to find four other Walgreens, but other than that, you're golden. True. So, <laughs> so Juice, um, tell us, you know, uh, I, I play Hearthstone quite a bit. Eric doesn't play Hearthstone. Um, you know, what, what's your favorite part about Hearthstone? Why do you play? I like playing Hearthstone. I like, um, to be honest, I do like the RNG aspects of it that only a digital card game can do. I'm a big fan of making decks and trying new things out, and I just like the mechanics of it. I'm also a big fan of Magic the Gathering, so this is kind of an easy transition for me as well. 
Awesome. Yeah, I played Magic the Gathering. Gosh, I think I've played that for over 20-some years now. So um, I kind of jumped in the same way. I played Magic, then I played Yu-Gi-Oh!, Dual Masters, and then the WoW TCG, which is kind of what led me to Hearthstone. Ah, there you go. You'll find a lot of the same art, too. It's almost all the same art. There's very few characters that aren't, uh, that are kind of new. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I was, I was upset when Hearthstone first came out, because the WoW TCG, you know, it had a lot of expansions and boosters, and I feel like they were killing a lot of the mechanics, but... I've started to grow to like it, especially with the Grand Tournament that just came out. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Hearthstone uh, primarily because a lot of the stuff you can do it in whatever order you want. Like, your turn is very free and open, um, which I think adds an interesting aspect to the game. Because uh, for those of you who don't play Magic the Gathering, Magic the Gathering is segmented into different steps on your turn, which I also like just the the way that works. I, it's... I like it because it's kind of its own thing. I never played the World of Warcraft TCG players, so I don't know too much about that. But, um, yeah. The only difference, really, between Magic and the WoW TCG was instead of having different colors, um, you could just place anything down as a mana. Oh. Uh, So it kind of simplified it, but at the same time, I mean, you know, with any TCG, you're going to get, you know, one-hit combos, and uh, and they're gonna go crazy, and <laughs> and then you got uh, you got your grim patron deck going. Yeah, so that's actually you know believe it or not on my list to talk to you about juice. Um, what do you think about the Warsong commander nerf? Well, I originally thought that was kind of an odd way to go about taking that deck out of um, popularity because um, the Warsong commander on its own is kind of innocuous it just gives charge to minions of three or less attack i think the biggest problem with the the deck was the frothing berserkers gaining charge and so one of the ways that i thought about doing it was saying that warsalon commander only gives charge to things with three or less attack and if it got more attack then it wouldn't have charge and what they did with just making the Warsong Commander give your charge minions plus one, I thought was super odd until I listened to the commentary that Ben Bro did on why they changed it and how they're trying to move away from those sort of one-turn kill plays that you can do, which was pretty common with the Frothing Berserkers and the, the Grim Patrons and things like that. And so the fact that they're trying to move away from that deck style and that type of play, because there's not really any good way to interact with your opponent on their turn, uh, made me realize that uh, the change that they did make to Warsong Commander, I thought was more justified if that was their thought process behind it. I feel like it, it kind of kills it, though, because you've got a lot of other cards that you could play out that could do the same for giving your characters plus one. There is that. It made the Warsong Commander a much worse card, and it, but it didn't necessarily take the Grim Patron deck out of play. It just isn't that one-turn kill. It's more grindy, and there have been instances of that new deck being played uh, at high-level play still. So uh, I thought it was... I, I mean, it's it's an okay way to do it. I'd say, if anything... If we're going to take away one-turn kill plays, uh, then Druids should be changed a little bit as well. 
Uh, yep. So the, <laughs> the, the nine mana combo, uh, where you where you just drop the uh, the force of nature and the savage roar, and you can deal, gosh, I don't, fourteen damage minimum. Oh yeah, if you have anything else on the board, you're you're doing fine too. Yeah, I mean that's, and if you get to turn nine, you're obviously you're probably around half health unless you have just the most insane deck. <laughs> that's true, unless you're just armoring up. <laughs> the sigh when they gain four armor a turn, you're just like, well, dang it. I so this season, October season, um, you know, I, I've been doing okay. Um, I got down to rank four. Um, so I was hoping to hit legend. This would be my first time hitting legend, but I've got a long grind ahead of me if I want to do it by tomorrow night. <laughs> that would take up most of the night at least. Um, but yeah, so I mean, what I've run into a lot is like I've started getting more into Control Warrior, and Control Warrior just seems really overpowered for some reason. Do you know anything that counters it? Well, Control Warrior can drop early cards to sort of get rid of aggression. They have those uh, the Taskmasters that deal one damage, and then they can execute. They can. Uh, shield bash to remove early aggression and then they have the inevitable cards they have the things like a uh, Ysera which just gives them that card advantage they have um they they kind of have a different cocktail of finishers that they can use I've seen Varian Rin and uh cards that don't have battle cries I've seen uh people still running just uh Baron Geddon in there things like that to remove any small minions as far as what sort of counters that, you can either try to go over the top of them, which is difficult, but I'd see, say maybe like Handlock or uh, Freeze Mage could do it, potentially. I mean, it's, it's not the best matchup. Or you can just try, try getting really aggressive, maybe like a Face Hunter. I'd say Face Hunter would be a little bit better than like a, a Zoo Lock for that or maybe a mech mage because it does have that reach with the fireballs but even then if they just get the right hand of cards they can shut down your aggro pretty easily as well so it's it's hard to say it is a pretty good matchup uh you do kind of want to overwhelm them but uh it is hard to so you can either get really aggressive or get really controlly yeah that makes sense uh you know i didn't even think about that i have my mech mage deck kind of sitting on the back burner because it's what I initially climbed with last season, and um, I, I played it a couple games around rank five, and it did really well. And I don't know why I just haven't gone back to it. That seems to be common for the metagame right now, is people just forgot about Mech Mage, and then I see people doing pretty well using Mech Mage and going back to it, because it, you can get aggressive starts and just power out a lot of mechs, and then it does have that late-game reach, especially now with... Ronin, who, when he dies, you get those three arcane missiles, and if you do have Archmage Antonidas, that's a that's a sweet deal. Right, because I mean, for each one, you're just gonna grab another fireball. Yeah. So. And it's hard to gain enough armor or health to counteract three fireballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it is for sure. Um, yeah, armor's kind of it bugs me a lot because I feel like I'm going through thirty health, and then on top of that sometimes upwards of, I don't know, 15, 16 armor, 
which is just unheard of. Oh, yeah. Especially if they get, um, what's that, the grand, that uh, thing that lets them tank up instead of gaining two armor, they gain four armor. Uh, Justicar? Yeah, Justicar Trueheart. Yeah, if they get Justicar Trueheart on curve, that's just, <laughs> that's so hard to come back from. Yeah. Justicar is kind of OP and it's weird I haven't seen it in warlock decks but I almost feel like that would be really good um but it's so good just four health a turn or four armor a turn priest or warrior oh yeah especially in priest when you have the Akanai soul priest out you can just deal four damage to whatever you want a turn uh that's super powerful now the reason I don't think you see it in warlock that often is warlocks rely on their hero power to lose life to facilitate their molten giant combos Yep, that's true. So, does it double both the damage that you lose, though, or the life that you lose, and the cards that you draw? It just makes it so, instead of paying two life to draw a card, you just pay two mana and draw a card. Like, there is no life loss anymore. Oh, wow. I thought that was going to be way different for some reason. Yeah, that's one that they couldn't double, because drawing two cards a turn would just be ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely absurd. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, so they just they just took down the downside on that one. Yeah. Well, and I don't think that's bad anyways. Um, you know, because I could see it being used in some of the Dreadsteed control locks that are coming out. They rely a lot on draw. And you could potentially use it strategically, like get down pretty low and then play it so you can continue drawing cards without taking that damage. But uh, for the most part, Handlock, which is the big control lock deck or demon hand as it's more commonly called now wants to lose a lot of life early so before they want to play it it'd just be kind of like a dead card in their hand yeah that's a rough deck to play i saw you play it when i spectated um but man i i find that i push myself too low i just can't come back from it it's you you walk the razor's edge with hand lock (laughs) yeah it's important to take into account what your opponent can do like if they can just burst you down from 15 right and that's kind of my issue and i don't anticipate i don't think how many cards are in my deck am i going to draw a heal you know am i going to draw uh yeah defender and it just kind of wrecks me so i kind of put it on the back burner i have the deck but i don't think i'm going to play it for a little bit yeah and Handlock was one of the things that countered Grim Patron very well, so that was good. That got played a lot last season, uh, but now that Grim Patron, as the deck that it was, is gone, uh, people can play more aggressive decks and not get punished so much for it, which means your Handlock is going to be a lot worse. Yep, fair enough. Just in metagame-wise. Yeah, what else would you think? Uh, what other decks kind of have you been seeing in the meta for this whole season (laughs) well it's hard not to talk about secret paladin which is everywhere yes uh and secret paladin is one of those deck types that you can as long as you have a couple of cards you can call it secret paladin and just change the rest of it yeah Uh, there's so many different builds i've seen people use one mysterious challenger two mysterious challengers uh three different types of secrets to five different types of secrets uh it's it's a mess, but it is a good mess. Some might even say it's a hot mess. It's, <laughs> <laughs> But it is very powerful. It's more powerful last season than this season because more people are learning how to play around the Mysterious Challenger turn. 
Yeah. Uh, and so once that starts to happen, I think people are going to start playing different Paladin decks and just let people assume they're playing Secret Paladin. Right. I think, um, you know, Secrets aren't a bad... Even if you're not playing Mysterious Challengers, some of the Pally Secrets are so good for board control. Oh, yeah, especially early game. Yeah. Uh, if you... The, the Secret Keeper and then one Secret on turn two or the uh, Secret Keeper and, like, two Secrets on turn two is a fantastic start to any game, really. Yeah, I've seen Secret Keeper kind of get really pumped up. It wrecked me one game. But um, that being said, I mean, like, I don't run Secret Keepers, so the deck that I've done the most grinding with is Secret Paladin. Um, And I just... I don't feel like Secret Keepers are really worth it. I I would guess that you're probably playing, like, a more, like, late-gamey Secret Paladin, then? It's... I would love to show you the the deck list sometime because I like to think that I've I've teched it out a bit but it is pretty late gamey um, I run two of the Argent Crusaders the one oh. one with Divine Shield oh mm-hmm. um, and part of the reason I do that is because since Secret Paladin is so prevalent in this metagame I run a Blood Knight and I run the Blood Knight to either counter their uh, their shielded mini bots, or if I need to, I can soak up one of mine and have a turn three six six. Well, that's pretty spicy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I love I love the tech stuff that people do. Yeah. Uh, do you have the um, the cog hammer in there as well, just for an extra divine shield? I have one cog hammer. Um, I run it because I think it's good removal. It's good defense. It gets that shield back. So. If I soak up, you know, my Divine Shield on my Shielded Minibot for a 6-6, six, six, and then next turn, straight up drop out another Divine Shield, fucking wreck it. There you go. I apologize to people that don't play Hearthstone, <laughs> but we're getting into, like, the arcane stuff these days, or right now. Honestly, Juice, I was just about to tell our audience, like, hey guys... This is, is we're gonna get geeky. Like <laughs> we we talked about horror last week. We do movie episodes, but like we started bit faced for conversations just like just this. Like you, this. you guys, please continue. I'm enjoying this. Eric's sitting over here, like I have no clue what the fuck you guys are talking about. We're getting those decks nice and deep. You guys are, are you guys are rolling <laughs> with some some deep decks. <laughs> Got to go deep with the decks, bro. No, keep, oh, yeah. keep, keep, keep going, though. I didn't, like, but uh, Juice, yeah, you read my mind. I was sitting here thinking, I was like, wow, this is just, <laughs> normally BitFace can be listened to by everyone. <laughs> Look, well, in order to get this episode, go out and try Hearthstone. Yeah, no, that's, you know, kind of to shift paradigms real quick. Um, you know, for people who don't play and maybe want to get into it, like Eric or any of our listeners what are some tips that you would give them to kind of start? Because a lot of people don't want to pay for it. They just want to, you know, they want to play. And I think that's totally viable. You can you can play free to play. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think now more than ever, it's the easiest it has been to not pay to play. Because uh, you can get free packs for just competing in the Tavern Brawls each week. You get free packs are for paying gold that you accrue and the quests are much easier. They even have quests for watching somebody else play and you get a pack for that. So it's the easiest it's the been to build up. Pack. 
<laughs> you're just like you're just watching somebody and hope they win and if they don't win you just make fun of them and watch somebody else because uh, you only get the pack if they win um so it's free to start i'd kind of play through the tutorial which you have to so that's not really much of a choice but i would anyway uh just to get a feel for the game and the beautiful thing is you can start playing on the ladder and you won't, even if you lose, you don't lose anything until you make it to rank 20. And the ranking system works. You start at 25, and you're trying to get to past one. So you're getting progressively less and less. And what I would recommend people start doing is you can build reasonable decks and compete between 25 and 20 uh, pretty easily. Um, and there are a lot of decks that you can build pretty cheaply. And the Tavern Brawls half the time you don't even need to build a deck with your library for those. They'll just give you a deck, and so that's a good way to get a hang... Uh, blah, 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 blah. Get a handle on playing the game that way as well. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, if you hit rank 20, you gotta at least try to do that because then you get the card back and you feel like you're you're gaining something from playing. So, And heck, now you get a reward based on the level you hit as well. So getting to rank 20 gives you... Probably at least one golden card and some dust to help you craft yeah. whatever you want. I think it's it's maybe what one golden common and a like it's minuscule at twenty. It's like five dust. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean every every little bit helps. I agree. I mean, if you're trying to ca- craft commons or uncommons, you're looking at forty dust. So, and I think one of the most helpful things people do when it comes to net decking or looking at a place like Hearthpone or a hearthhead is people either post budget decks that are still viable uh, maybe not as good as if you had a bunch of legendaries or if you're looking at a deck list you like a lot of people that post how to play their deck will also give you substitutions that would work in their place that are a lot cheaper to create yeah so the two places that i started using when i thought i would get a little competitive um icy veins um, if you go there, like they sort it out, you can choose what class you're going to play, and then they'll put every type of deck that's ever been in the meta. They'll list what rank it can get up to, depending on how well it's played, and they'll list whether it's basic cards or the the dust cost, of course, like like Hearthpone and the rest do. Yeah, Icy Vein, Hearthpone, Hearthhead, places like that uh, are a great resource for if you're starting out, or even if you're more of a uh, seasoned player but are looking for different archetypes like jeez uh, I cannot talk today I don't know what's going on but uh, don't worry like, man you're on a podcast it's fine <laughs> uh, shoot I lost my train of thought it must be this drink uh, is it the Bitface Pixel Punch I think it's the Bitface Pixel Punch I was about to say or are you working on another concoction right now because that's kind of we can can we get back to Hearthstone after one question? Yeah, no, go ahead, Eric. Oh please. yeah, no, okay, please. Okay, so when I heard you were coming on tonight, Juice, I was interested in the fact that you guys are pairing drinks that you invent yourselves with your podcasts. So where did that come from? Says the alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Do you alcoholic guys do wise. it? Oh yeah. Well, I'm just speaking for myself. I would never pretend to speak for for the two of you guys in regard to that. But where did the pairing the the podcast with the drinks come from? Because I'm kind of jealous that we didn't come up with that. But we don't drink a lot of liquor. We drink a lot of beer. No, it's true. That's perfectly fine. So 
Um, Rodney, my co-host, and I used to work together. And so after about a month of working together, he approached me and said, hey, man, do you want to do a, a podcast about Hearthstone? And I said, sure, but uh, we're going to do it a little bit differently. And at that time, I had just a passing fascination with mixology. And so I decided, hey, let's do an alcoholic drink of the week. And he said, that sounds awesome. And then I realized I locked myself into being creative for the rest of my life, alcoholically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot out there, though. And you guys, there, you guys have some great drinks. There is a lot out there. Um, around episode 20, I realized what I got myself into. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. How am I going to come up with more drinks? But so far, we've persevered. Uh, we did get lazy a couple of times where we had um, <laughs> this week's drink of the week is your favorite beer. <laughs> That'd be a great week for me, though. Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what I want. Eric would straight up, it's Colette. Yeah, Colette. I'll be having Colette like I do on every BitFace podcast. But well, There you go. So it, honestly, it just came around because I wanted to drink more alcohol and have an excuse to do so. I mean, to be fair, our you know our podcast name is of course Bitfaced. We started out thinking we were just going to go ham, literally, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it, it turned out that we didn't go as ham, and we kind of we passed up on the alcohol to start. Um, but I don't know, kind of inspiring. Maybe we'll bring some of your guys's podcasts into what we do. I, I like the creativity of coming up with a drink for every podcast. And you can talk to me about this juice. This is taking us completely off on a tangent, but I find myself like podcasting drunk the worst idea ever. It's worse than driving a car drunk. <laughs> I can um, I can three, relate to that. Three beers, Eric, is way better than six beers, Eric. He just he just is. He's he's he can he can handle himself. So do you guys when you are doing your Hearthstone podcast, have you shied away? from just getting bombed or are you guys just that much more pro than we are that you're you're bombed and pull off a good cast every week <laughs> <laughs> well i try and stay at least moderately not hammed uh but which is easy for me because i'm just i'm a big guy and i have a pretty high tolerance because of my physiology as well as the practice i've had uh rodney is a much slimmer person and so there's been days where I've been just way off the reservation, three sheets to the wind, and Rodney's been sober. And uh, there's been days where Rodney took an extra t sh ah, took an extra shot or two before the episode, and so he's three sheets to the wind, and I'm the sober one. So I find there has to be that balance because if both people are hammered, then yeah, the show is going to suffer. But if there's one person that can kind of keep it on track, then I think it's it can still be entertaining. Yeah, we had one. Tyler and I had one episode where Tyler showed up to my house <laughs> shit faced. I was already shit faced when he got here because I was pissed that he was late, and we, we we cut the mic off after ten minutes. That guest has not returned, by the way. Uh, but yeah, so I, I learned very quickly. I was like, okay, at least like you said, uh, Juice. At least one of us has to be competent when we start taping. Yeah, yeah, I think, and. It, Alternating like that is kind of fun because it gives the fans or the listeners um, a new take on the people that they're listening to. And I'll, who doesn't like getting drunk and talking about stuff? Uh, my 
my reason behind not getting too drunk as well is we used to record at Rodney's house. And so I'd have to drive like 40 minutes home, which would be problematic if I was really hammered. You can't crash on Rodney's couch. That's what Tyler, I'm only asking because that's what Tyler does. Yeah. Well, I would, but there was like, I had work the next day and I had to get up early for work. It was just, yeah. We usually recorded on a Thursday, and so Fridays were usually a pretty hectic day at work. So I like to go home and get some sleep after that as well. What got you guys into the the podcasting scene? It was entirely Rodney, and I'm really sad he couldn't be here. Uh, he he's been really busy at work lately, which is why we haven't been doing as many episodes. Uh, he's gotten a lot more responsibility, so we're trying to find time. But I can say that without me, Hearthcore wouldn't be exactly what it is. Without Rodney, Hearthcore would not exist. He approached me and said, hey, I have all this recording equipment and I want to do a podcast and you have a voice for podcasting. <laughs> so let's, let's collaborate. I actually didn't start playing Hearthstone until I started doing the podcast about it. Okay, that's fair. What, uh, I mean, what's your highest rank so far? What have you hit? My highest rank so far, I think, is seven. Okay. That's pretty up there. People don't understand, but that's, man, it's a climb. Put that in perspective for a layman like myself. It's uh, above average. Yeah, so. it's I'd say it's actually pretty far above average. Yeah, I would think. I would say the same thing about my penis, but I, I don't think that's <laughs> necessarily true. So. An average person might hit, I don't rank 18 is what I was kind of starting at. So the lower the number, the lower the number, the worse, the better you're doing. Oh no, sorry, the better you're doing. Yeah, so you start at rank twenty-five. Okay. There, uh, you go all the way to one, and then so you you gain stars, and you once you hit below rank twenty, you can start to lose stars every time you lose. Um, so it's really easy to get knocked back up. If Are there only a, a certain amount of people that can be like <laughs> rank one, rank two, rank three? Is it is it capped? Not per se. It's once you get to legend, which is past one, then you start getting a ranking within legend rank. But uh, other than that, there can just be any number of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people. Yeah. And I mean, gosh, I heard. Rodney's... Is that based strictly on match ranking? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, now, you're no, fine. What's your question? What is it based on? How how many wins you have? How you play? Is is there anything besides? Is it wins and losses? Is it is it cut and dried? It's wins and losses. Okay. Yep. You gain yeah. stars when you win. You lose stars when you lose. And if you win three games in a row, you start getting bonus stars every new time that you win. So you can go on a win streak, is which is really what propels you up to the higher rankings. Yep. Uh, luckily, can... there's no losing lose streak where you start losing more stars. Well, I mean, uh, what Rodney had that. 27 game streak. Yeah, he was on <laughs> tilt. <laughs> but yes, 20. Luckily, after 20 games, they don't just put you back down to rank 20. No, hang on. I have to address that. You say he's on tilt in the poker world, in the pinball world. That's bad. So in the Hearthstone oh, no. world, is that good? No, no, no. It was a 27 game losing oh, streak. Oh, losing streak. I thought you said he won 27 in a row. No, oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. As a joke and call out to to Hearthcore, I just kept it as a as a twenty seven game streak, and I appreciate that. <laughs> we decided to just talk about it as the twenty seven game streak, so we didn't. That's say... why I was confused because Tyler said twenty seven game streak, and you're like he's on tilt. I was like, what? Like he's on fire. 
He's uh, he's tilting forward. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> no, tilt is a bad thing in um, in no, trading it, card games as well. Okay, so it, it that has to come from poker. Yeah, it came from poker, and it, it's popularized by poker and Magic the Gathering. I'd really? Say. Yeah. Yeah, people... People in Magic the Gathering can tilt as well. It's, I think it's become just a universal trading card game sort of word. No, and see, that's interesting to me, Juice, because I've never played any card games besides No Limit Texas Hold'em and Dealer's Choice Poker, Blackjack. Tyler has played Magic on my Xbox one night, and I know he was hardcore into card games. I mean, hence this episode tonight. But it's a world I have never, ever explored. It's it's interesting if you like any kind of card games or strategy. It's something that will just kind of... You have to consider so many aspects and just so many different things. Like, what, how many cards are in your deck? The same way you would, like, count, okay, five cards dealt here, five cards dealt there. And consider statistics of what you're going to draw next and everything your opponent can play. It's It's a beast. It's a lot of theory crafting as well. You just, I'm going to put these cards in this deck and hope it works out this way. And hope I get these cards in order, things like that. Because uh, ultimately there is a lot of chance that can happen as well too. So it's, uh, you kind of just make a battle plan, but it rarely survives the battle. I like that though. I, I think you would be a good Hearthstone player, Eric. We'll see. Huh. Might I recommend Hearthcore? There you go. <laughs> I hear there's this great podcast for people that are starting out playing Hearthstone. I know. I heard they were nice enough to come on this podcast that started earlier this year and, and <laughs> even make them a drink. So the guys at Hearthcore, I'm, I'm down with. Rodney and Juice, my bros. Uh, just Rodney. That Juice guy sounds like a tool. <laughs> See, what I've figured out, though, Juice, is like, you guys have a dichotomy just like we do. Rodney is Tyler, and I guess I'm I'm you, Juice. So when when I can't rag on you because I'm ragging on me. <laughs> I'm only here to drink, and I provide the voice. I mean, that's it. <laughs> well, that's that's me in a nutshell. That's that's me in a nut sack, man. I mean, <laughs> there you go, two nuts in a sack. <laughs> that's that's all you need, right? <laughs> With two peas in a pad, two See? nuts in a sack. Um. But so you guys have a very good following on your podcast. I've listened a little bit. Do you think it's the the game or is it the fact like you guys are just a good podcast? And I'm asking as a fan and as someone who wants to to, to get there. Uh, well, the game certainly helps. I think uh, people come for the game and stay for the entertainment is what I'd say. Because um, ultimately when it comes down to it, I value entertainment more than an education so to speak i'd rather people be entertained because they can go anywhere for just the news or facts about hearthstone i like to keep it light and fun and i think that's what gets people coming back which i've been listening to some of your backlog as well and i think you guys are uh, you're on your way well, well thank you because this is uh it's it's a labor of love for us i guess yeah. we, we like doing it it's what i oh, look yeah. forward to every week in the words of Captain Malcolm Reynolds, it's love. Love keeps the, the boat afloat. Well, I don't know how I can follow up a Firefly reference. So. You oh, can't. I, with another Firefly reference. That's it. That's the only one. <laughs> so let's move that direction then. Okay, so besides Hearthstone, 
what uh, like don't even go into games you're into firefly what other what other geek shit just fucking runs your motor man Oh man! Uh, like I said before, Magic the Gathering. I like. Uh, I listen to some other podcasts. I'm a huge fan of Welcome to Night Vale. Um, what else is going on? The Dresden Files series of novels. I'm kind of part way through those, and so far they've been really exciting me. Uh, geez, uh, comic books. A huge fan of the Flash. TV show. Uh, the TV show, the comic book, just the character in general. Uh, but yeah, I like the the Flash TV show. I it's like fantastic. It is so good. I'm a huge fan of it. I think the writing on it is very clever. Conversely, I enjoy Arrow because it makes me laugh. It's just a fun show to watch, uh, mostly because I get angry at the characters because I care about them so much. I'm just like, why were you doing such dumb things? Uh, do, 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 do. But yeah, I'm actually I'm not too up to date on like a lot of video game stuff. I have like a six year old iMac that barely runs Hearthstone. I realized the other day that it runs. Um, man, I am out there today. Uh, Borderlands Two, which Great it's game. odd. Borderlands One isn't available on Mac, but Borderlands Two is. So I've been playing through Borderlands 2 recently. Borderlands 2 is uh, phenomenal. So really, besides Hearthstone, you don't, like, is that your game? And did you only start, you only started playing Hearthstone to do podcasts. So normally, besides Hearthstone, would you consider yourself a gamer? I would consider myself a gamer. It's just recently I haven't had the the fiscal solid grounding in order to pursue playing other games. Luckily, my roommate has a PS4 which is the one next-gen console I have access to. So I've been... I played through, like, Arkham Knight. Um, I'm going to start playing some Final Fantasy. Uh, stuff like that. But I would consider myself a gamer, but just a gamer that's fallen on hard times. We hear that a lot here in the BitCave, honestly. So it's... <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's not the first time we've heard it. And if you have access to a PS4, let me recommend Until Dawn. Yeah. Okay, I'll go ahead and write that down. I have seen a little bit of that, which did look interesting. It's like playing through a movie. It's uh, the first game this in many years I have played through in one sitting. I took a 30-minute lunch break and ate a sandwich. And I, I, I finished the game. I started at 10 a.m. and I finished at 6.30 p.m., but I played it through in one sitting. I can respect that. <laughs> it's good. It Honestly, like that and Bloodborne are the two games I'm jealous that I don't have a PlayStation 4. But Tyler has one, so he can bring it over. There well, go. there you go. I'm much like you were drawing the connections between us earlier. I'm the guy that doesn't have the console but still managed to play the games. Because I know a bunch of other people that do have consoles. So I come over, hang out, ignore them, and play through Arkham Knight. No, and that's, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, Tyler and I have certainly learned through our relationship, it's all about sharing. Yeah. There you go. I'll come over, Eric will be playing, and he'll just be like, dude, I've played all day. Sit on my couch and fucking play some games, bro. <laughs> Watch and learn. No, he is he is a better player than me, and I'll, I'll, I'll put that on record. He, he is, but I, you know, he's 26 and I'm 38, so. <laughs> well, there you go. If I had the I'm... DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, as a 25-year-old, I'm in the prime time of my gaming life as well. That's great. No, that's play play everything then, man. Trust me, because Street Fighter at age 39 sucks. <laughs> just, uh, you just don't have those twitch reflexes anymore. I don't, dude. You, I, 
I'm, I hate to be depressive here on, in the bit cave, but you, you slow down. You do. You slow down. I still could beat Tyler at Miss Pac-Man tonight without even trying, but only because I know patterns and different way the mazes work. Now, I'm getting worse and worse at fighting games, man. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's a fact of life. You don't play sports as well at 25 as you do at 35. Tyler will tell you video games are a sport. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I've slowed down. I really have. Oh, yeah. And heck, they start doing drug tests for esports folks just to make sure they aren't. Uh... Please tell me they're not testing for weed. No, they're testing for Adderall oh. and other focusing drugs. Really? Yep. So oh yeah. Are those guys doing trucker speed or what? <laughs> yeah, I guess they're. <laughs> they got to get those twitch reflexes up. I'm I'm being serious. Like, I mean, that was a, a joke, but I'm still being serious. I mean, that's what they're taking. They're. Yeah, they're popping Ritalin, Adderall. They're. They just they take the they take the ADD drugs. They yeah, wanna... anything to maintain focus. Yep. Wow. But yeah, I, I hear you on the reflexes slowing down. I used to be king of Super Smash Brothers Melee in college. That was a way of life. You lived or died by the melee, and uh, I'm still pretty good, but I'm just not as good. That also probably comes with just not playing it as much anymore, though. There is that. Because I feel like if you picked up, you know, Super Smash Brothers 4 and just sat down and played it for, I don't know, three hours a night or something, you'd pick it back up. Yeah, and unfortunately I only have my roommate to play against uh, on any sort of regular basis, and he's just not that good. <laughs> that's, that's how you... I, I hope he listens to this. I'm just making eye I have, contact. I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> hey, bro, you kind of <laughs> suck. <laughs> Ah, oh, we have fun here. <laughs> it's but it's mostly me just telling him he's bad at things. Okay, I it's mean, it's it's that sort of loving relationship we have. That's good. You do have to play against people who are better than you to get any better at anything, though. That's true. That's how you get better. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just gonna think you're the fucking hot shit, and someone's gonna come by and stomp you in the face. Yeah, and I think those kind of like I've never really been that guy. Besides, when it came to Super Smash Brothers, back when I was rocking it on the regular which i don't know why i use that parlance but there it is but those kind of people that just assume they're the best at things and really get in your face when you have no way of proving it really entertain me like i was in austin texas for a wedding and somebody was talking about super smash brothers and i said oh i'm pretty good at that and some girl got way in my face she's like you're not better than me and i was like okay well that's fine (laughs) The mental line between hot shit and icy diarrhea is a fine one. Oh, it is. Because it is. if you've never played anybody, then you not you have no clue how good you really are. Right. And Everyone you, can beat the computer. Yeah, and even if you're the best of your friends, I mean, if all your friends suck, you probably still suck. You're just marginally better than sucking. <laughs> Which, I mean, really is what I strive for, but ideally much better. Yeah. I mean, the first time I played Halo, I played with a group of friends, and damn i thought it was really good and a kid down the street was like hey man i play halo in fact you guys should just roll over like a tv in a console and just come play at my house so we did and we literally could not kill him a single time <laughs> just not even once he's like yeah i'm actually he's like i'm decent he's like i don't know if i'm good i've i've gotten my shit wrecked and i'm like dang i thought i was good never again i was like 11 years old learned my lesson yeah, I was about 11 when I learned my lesson on that, too. And it was in Warcraft 3. Because <laughs> before 
that, I hadn't really played too many online games, and uh, so I started playing people in Warcraft 3, uh, just the regular game modes, and would just get rolled. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm not that good. <laughs> but I also don't feel like devoting the time to getting better, so I'll just accept it and move on. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, because that was right after I started playing Warcraft 2, and I would play against my dad and we would just link up the computers. This was before Battle.net was too much of a thing. And I would beat him in weird ways. And I honestly, I think he probably either didn't get the concept of the strategy games or he would just let me win. I'm not sure to this day. But going into Warcraft 3, I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. And then the first game, somebody just mobs me three minutes in. I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, 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 well. It's a whole new world when you transition, especially in a strategy game from playing against scripted AI to playing against a human opponent. Because no matter how well, I mean, I guess besides Watson that won Jeopardy, which is pretty, I mean, you can program something with a million questions or a million answers in it. Yeah, oh, humans yeah. always react differently. Than, we, we still haven't gotten that down yet. That is so true. Because people react with emotions that computers don't understand yet. Exactly. Computers don't have the feels. <laughs> Once the computers start getting the feels, it's either going to be really good for artificial intelligence or everything's going to go Terminator. I was I was hoping, like, just better porn. There is that. That too. <laughs> Get those robots in there. Just need to fuck some robot pussy. Or, I mean, at least... Never mind. We're not going to talk about that. Go back <laughs> was, to your harsh <laughs> I was like, or at least what? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'd love to know. You you find me a simulated woman that looks elven or Vulcan, and I'd fuck the shit out of her. <laughs> that, All right. Those, you, now, now, you, now you guys know. The, ear, the ears the, get me yeah. off too, bro. The ears. I don't know what it is with the ears, man, but it's the ears. That's respectable. I can respect that. <laughs> like, I'm going to laugh about you later, Eric, but I can respect <laughs> I'm, that. I'm not going to add anything to this conversation, but I can respect <laughs> it. Yeah, and it, it, it's 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 hard to add when that's the kind of, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't think of any Firefly quotes to one up it with. So, <laughs> okay, no, go. but like in that same realm on Firefly, uh, River or uh, or Kaylee. Oh, Kaylee. Me too. Kaylee, all the way. Me too. Okay. <laughs> that's all I needed to hear. Uh, I'm a Kaylee kind of guy. Like Anara was cool, but Kaylee was the best. No, yeah, I guess Inara would be my number two, and River would be three, but Kaylee would be my one, hands down. I think I'm, I'm Kaylee River. You take River over Inara. Yeah. I don't know. Inara's a hard one for me in yeah. many, many ways. But <laughs> but no, Kaylee, number one, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Kaylee, totally. Kaylee gets shit done. Yeah. The, the episode where she goes to the party and she's wearing the, the frilliest of dresses and talking about uh, vehicles was was probably one of my best Kaylee moments. Phenomenal. I mean, Kaylee is Scotty yeah. to Serenity. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she is. And I'm actually, um, I'm going to take it off topic even further, but I'm playing a RPG, just a tabletop RPG. Like um, like Dungeons and Dragons. Kind of like Dungeons and Dragons. It's a different style of RPG. It's called. Uh, it's a game called Stars Without Number. Okay. And it's basically Firefly the RPG. Nice. And, I mean, there is 
literally a Firefly RPG where you can like create characters within that universe. This is in a different universe, but the way we're playing it is basically Firefly RPG. So I've forgot to mention that's another thing I'm really into is RPGs like Dungeons and Dragons uh, or anything along those lines. You play a lot of tabletop then. I do. I have a Monday night group. I'm DMing a fifth edition R- uh, Dungeons and Dragons group as well. So nice. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we we do some tabletops here in the cave. Uh, my brother's actually, I think he's a pretty dang good DM. And uh, sometimes we jump on. Have you ever heard of Roll Twenty? I have heard of Roll Twenty. <laughs> I have heard of it. Yes. Okay. So that's what we use, and I mean, we play with people who aren't in Colorado all the time, so you could feel free to, one day, if we just get a game going, we're going to throw juice in if you want to play. Oh man, I I don't want to brag, but I make some fun characters. That's always needed, dude. You can't just... Tabletops have the stigma of just being straight, intellectual, clever, I'm going to do all this. No, dude, you got to have fun. Yeah. I, I made a character for a one-shot 5th edition campaign the other day whose name was um, Bard Tholomew Bartlesby. But he was a barbarian. <laughs> his, he came from a long line of bards, and so his parents were like, let's just name him Bard Tholomew. And he's like, ah, fuck you, mom and dad. I'm angry about it. I, I, I give you uh, mad props for Bard Tholomew. That's, that's good. <laughs> I, that, that's a, that's that's right up my humor alley so i like that a lot <laughs> i mean if, if you can't have fun with it then what's the point i agree with both of you i think that was the back in before video games were and they were amazing back then but i used to play a lot more tabletop before we had the graphics of today and it was all about the interaction between you and your friends and who could come up with the most outrageous shit or the best solution for the problem or, and I kind of miss that, but I don't yeah. really get to do that anymore. I'm glad you guys still are doing it. You're more than welcome to join in any of our tabletop games, Eric. I'm more into the, the Star Trek, uh, what the is it attack called? Attack Wing. Attack Wing. Yeah. That's, that's what I've been getting my rocks off on. Oh, man, I've been seeing a lot of people playing that at my local game store. Yeah, we, uh, we picked it up. Uh, we went to a friend's convention. They were playing the, the Star, Star Wars, Wars version. version. Um, X-Wing, and you know, we were like, well shit, what if they had this in Star Trek? And the guy was like, we do! (laughs) (laughs) Because the Star Wars ships are so quick and small, I wanted more of a naval battle as opposed to an Air Force battle, maybe. That's what it is. And it is a naval battle. It's more of a thinking, hey, I can't back my ship up three spaces. I have to... I like it a lot. And it's the first time I've ever played something like that with miniatures. Yeah. So for me, it's a whole new world. But oh, that's awesome! I'm glad you could get into it. I love any type of miniatures game, tabletop game. Did Warhammer 40k for a while, dude. I played Eldar for a while. Okay, nice. That was a mistake because uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really good at strategy games like that. And Eldar are very strategy intensive. And I was like 12. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't pick up any other armies at all, though. Nah, it got to it outpaced my financial ability to pay for it that outpaces like people who make like sixty thousand a year it outpaces their financial ability to play that game yeah so but it was fun while it lasted uh i started getting the hang of it and then i stopped playing yeah. just randomly but yeah warhammer 40k was fun cool 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's definitely fun. Painting them, I think, was my favorite aspect of that, though. Um, just being able to, I don't know, if I wanted pink, like, dark knights, just roll around. They're supposed to be demonic and crazy looking, and they're rolling around in pink power armor. Uh, Slanesh. Yeah. <laughs> Some Slanesh right there. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to go back to Star Wars. Are you guys excited for the new Star Wars movie? Yes. Stoked. Or, like, cautiously optimistic? Well, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you both. Very excited to see it with my 11-year-old nephew. But how after the... Uh, I, I, I was on the news for being the first in line in Athens, Georgia, when The Phantom Menace came out. You want to talk about just the blue balls I still have over the original... Uh, <laughs> not the original trilogy, but the prequel trilogy. Yeah. So I have to be caut- cautiously optimistic. The second reason why Star Trek Into Darkness was like diarrhea in my eyes. And so I don't think Abrams is as flawless as everyone thinks he is. Now, from what I've seen from the trailers, this looks amazing. But my favorite trailer of all time was Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And that's one of the shittiest movies <laughs> of all time. So, man, I have, to, I have to walk into it with no expectations or low expectations. Because, honestly, man, after Phantom Menace and then, God, Attack of the Clones. Is that what it was called? Uh, the Clone Wars? The Clone Wars, yeah was might even be worse than phantom menace the third movie was the redemption it was a little bit better i thought the third was the absolute worst out of all of them see i just because hated christensen was, was terrible the worst fucking oh, god and at least jj <laughs> seems like he got good actors but so juice are you stoked I am cautiously optimistic. I think one of the points in the new Star Wars movie's favor, though, is that Disney owns it now. And Disney treats their properties well. They treat their properties very well. So that's exciting to me. Yeah, I mean, they've done nothing but great things for Marvel. I mean, Marvel movies were trash almost before Disney picked them up. Eh, I said almost. Spider-Man and X-Men were not Disney properties, and they did a good job with those but trilogies they, besides the third part <laughs> but that was sony and fox right yeah so of all the uh i guess all the was iron man was probably i think the first iron man and maybe the incredible hulk weren't when it was disney uh yeah the original incredible hulk with the directed by ang lee the was pre disney uh i want to say the edward norton incredible hulk was pre disney as well right so then iron man was pre disney yeah. I, the original Iron Man was pre-Disney. I think it came around Iron Man 2 or 3. Is when Disney bought everything. Right. Yeah. And I think Iron Man 1 was really good, and that's when Disney was like, hey, you know what, this has some potential to make just fat sacks of cash. <laughs> Here's a fat sack of cash. We're going to use this fat sack of cash to make more fat stacks of cash. I'll still say that if it wasn't for John Favreau fighting to get Downey as Tony Stark... A D-list Marvel character at the time. Let's be honest. Tony Iron Man was not selling comics before that movie came out, and he fought for fucking Downey, and that was the best decision they ever made. Yeah, I I completely agree. And the fun thing is, in comic books, before the Iron Man movies, uh, Tony Stark wasn't much like the way that uh, Robert Downey Jr. portrayed him, except in the Ultimates. Which I, I never really got into the ultimate the ultimate universe, but post Iron Man movies, he just started uh, acting like the movie Iron Man, and I think that's helped out a lot. 
In the first issue of The Ultimates, Tony Stark is banging Shannon Elizabeth on a satellite. I'm not even lying to you. No, that sounds... And so I think they got a lot of the snarkiness, and it, I think, I honestly think that's the version of the Iron... That's the version of Iron Man we got. Which I'm perfectly fine with. I love that narcissistic, just kind of a jerk, but ultimately means well, Tony Stark. And we're going to see him go head-to-head with the Ultimate Boy Scout in uh, in May, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite moments in uh, Age of Ultron is when Captain America told uh, everybody to watch their language. <laughs> I, I like that fight. opening five minutes. Yeah, That opening intro with the slow, sideways, very uh, comic, book. comic booky shot, uh, yeah. splash panel. Splash panel, for sure. Loved it. I didn't think the oh. rest of the movie was that great, but the opening ten minutes, I was like, wow, this is like watching a comic book. Yeah. I thought oh. overall the movie was good. It just wasn't great. It wasn't Avengers the first. Yeah, I mean, I get that. And it's hard to follow up from the first Avengers. Because the first Avengers was really good. And this one, uh, you had to let all their characters have their own spiel and have their own storylines and whatnot. It's hard. It's a hard thing to balance, I'd imagine. It is. And, and you, I've read articles that say Whedon, like, that's why he was done. He was like, I'm done with this. I can't do movies like this anymore. And I appreciate that. It can't be easy. Oh, yeah. And then you have people angry that you messed up their favorite character and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, I think it's kind of like a no-win scenario. Yeah, with that many, like, character arcs and stories, you would almost have to make it a TV show. Because, I mean, like, Game of Thrones does well, and it's got so many stories and so many characters, but it's because you get a full hour of it every week to explain it. Oh, otherwise yeah. you get what two and a half hours of the avengers and that's it you're done <laughs> and then you don't even get to cersei exactly <laughs> no and we bring so much backstory and our own perceptions of the characters being geeks into the movies themselves that i'm actually surprised that it works on the geek level and works on the popular culture level oh yeah yeah, the people that don't know anything about the Marvel Universe can go in and enjoy those movies as well as people that are deeply invested in the Marvel Universe can enjoy it is quite the feat. Completely agree. My sister's a huge Harry Potter fan, still loves the Avengers. Well, I mean, the Avengers is basically the American version of Harry Potter. Except it came way earlier. <laughs> and only Scarlet Witch has magic. <laughs> Ah, but you got these people that have these different personality traits, and uh, they have to work together to blah, blah, blah. And it's, I honestly I was... think the X-Men is way closer. I always told my sister that Harry Potter was a magic X-Men. A magic X-Men? Okay. I, can, I wasn't actually being serious with that comment, but yeah, I can see that. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I took you at face value there, Juice. That's completely my fault, brother. <laughs> I'm drinking all of this punch that you, uh, you had us make, and, and now I'm getting off topic, and... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's some good podcasting right there. Hey, man, that's that's why we do this, right? Hey, I love it. I love drinking and getting off topic. That's my jam. I think, you know what, we're going to keep this as kind of, for a while, just a uh, a podcast, like, drink. It's going to be our our drink for a while. If you let us adopt it, yeah, I think we're going to keep it as the, the official drink of BitFaced if yeah. you let us do that. Hey, consider it my gift to you. Oh, well, and hey, I didn't get you anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's fine. You invited me on, and so it'd be rude to show up without a gift. Oh, but and you have to come back with Rodney because yeah. I want to. I, I want to sit here and not talk for another thirty minutes while you and Tyler <laughs> and Rodney talk about Hearthstone. So. <laughs> I've actually enjoyed this tonight. I haven't had to do shit. So. <laughs> Those are, <laughs> that's the best times. And, I mean, there is a lot of other stuff in Hearthstone that we can still talk about. I've got other questions. You guys also have all sorts of fun segments. You know, what I will say, for anyone who plays Hearthstone or who's considering about getting into Hearthstone, seriously check out Hearthcore because not only are you going to get an epic mixed drink that you're going to be sipping while you're playing Hearthstone, you're going to have drinking games on the podcast. They always do random fun, like, crack-a-pack challenge. Man, it's a blast to listen to you guys. Oh, well, thank you so much. And right back at you, I do like how you cover different topics each week uh, through the lens of sort of video gamers. And I, I don't want to use geeks and nerds derogatorily because I'm a proud geek slash nerd myself. But it's through that lens. And you're bringing people together and covering a wide variety of topics. So... I, I appreciate that a lot. Absolutely. That's our goal. Um, you know, with that kind of in mind, we're sitting at almost an hour, and I think we're going to kind of wrap up tonight and maybe try to get Eric into some Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah, now that you know everything about Hearthstone, Eric, I mean, you're going to be an expert. I, um, I I will try it. Tyler has tried to explain Magic the Gathering to me before, and it was another Friday night, I think after we taped an episode, and I had had... A few too many collets to comprehend it. I don't. Honestly, man, I understand poker completely. I know odds. I know reading. I know everything. When you get like dark forces, shaman cards involved in the mix, so I'm kind of fucked, man. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you play these forests and tap them for elves that you use to tap for more green mana that you can use to play a big green creature. But then they can exile it. See, I just know if you raise me 50 bucks, you, you might have a good hand. Like, <laughs> I, You know, I'll say this, though. Magic is way more complicated than Hearthstone. Hearthstone oh, that is... Yeah, Hearthstone tones it down, for sure. But what, speaking of poker, one of my favorite things to do in Magic the Gathering is bluff. How do you bluff in a strategic card game? So... In Magic the Gathering, unlike Hearthstone, you have cards that you can use to interact with your opponent on their turn. And so, or you can do it in between attacks, things like that. So what you can potentially do is make a move that's unfavorable, but if you have mana open, they might think you have something that you can do instantly in your hand, and sometimes you get away with it. Uh, It works a little bit better in limited draft formats, which is when you make a deck out of booster packs. Uh, but sometimes it works in other formats as well. So it's always fun to attack in with a creature that they could kill easily, but you have mana open, and they just let it through, and you can rack up damage that way. So when you say draft, is it similar to, uh, and I'm going to completely Flintstone this, but uh, fantasy football, you pick a card, I pick a card, you pick a card, I pick a card? Absolutely. It it is very similar to that. You get uh, six to eight people sitting around a table, and Magic the Gathering is distributed primarily in booster packs, which are randomized packs that typically have X number of commons, X number of uncommons, and one rare. And so you take a pack, pass it to your left, um, or take a card out of the pack, pass it to your left, take a card out of the pack that you get passed, pass that one, and keep going around the table until you have built a deck. That's very interesting. They have something very similar in Hearthstone. 
They do. It's the arena, which is another good way to start building up uh, your resources within Hearthstone. Uh, they present you with three different cards, and you choose from one of the or you choose one of the cards out of the three and build a deck that way, and then compete with other people that have their own arena decks. Yep, and personally, I think it's one of the best ways to learn because you get a huge variety of cards, all sorts of mechanics, and then if you get really good at arena, you start to understand more of the control aspects of the game. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, arena is. Something I still find to be very difficult. I'm just not good at it currently, so it's kind of on my to-do list to get better at that. Um, but if you really have a good grasp of Arena, you can basically just go infinite and make enough gold playing Arena to continue playing Arenas. Yeah. Well, I think you only have to maybe win five or six to make You have to win to... seven. Seven? Yeah. Okay. But if you win all 12, because it's 12... 12 games and then you kind of cut out you get something ridiculous like four to six hundred gold and i mean that's enough to buy a couple packs and play again exactly yeah and i think you might also get like a golden legend or something like that if you do i need to start playing more arena (laughs) you do get other bonuses like that and i think uh, i've seen some people post screenshots of getting like a golden legend from winning arenas all right well, then I'm going to have to practice up because I'm at maybe four wins is my record on Arena. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. Yeah, it's rough. It's definitely a challenge. It is. But I four wins is still respectable, and you basically get like, well, you get like a, maybe 100 gold and some dust and a pack. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not too bad. No, it's worth it because a pack would be 100 gold anyways. Yeah, and the arena is 150, so you break. And now, in. now that they shifted it to, you can get any sort of pack, not just the newest pack. It helps diversify your portfolio. Absolutely, which is definitely needed. But you know, I am not ashamed to say that I I spent some money on the game. I wanted some cards. I thought I'd play it pretty competitively, and I'm trying my best to do so. Oh, yeah, you're up there in the ranks. Last I saw you were at rank 5. Yeah, I dropped back down to rank 5. I went up to rank 4, and I keep getting pushed back, and I'm sitting right, like, mid-rank 5. <laughs> yeah, I hear that's when the game gets really hard. You lose win streaks, so you don't gain your bonus stars if you go on win streaks. So, I mean, I'll go 6 wins and then 6 losses, and I'm right where I started. Yeah. Well, I... I'm starting to try and do the legend grind as well, but I'm doing it every other season or every other month just so I don't get burnt out on it. So next month I'm going to try in earnest um, to get to legend, but this month I've been taking it kind of easy. Cool. Well, I think you still did pretty good. Last I watched, you were you won what all three matches in rank eleven or so. I think so. Yeah, and you're using some weird, weird, weird decks. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, that's I like doing kind of off the wall stuff. Uh, a lot likes of his decks weird. Like he likes some strange <laughs> decks. If they're oddly, you know, allocated mana wise, and they're they're just oddly shaped, you know, those are those are my favorite decks. Yeah, that deck has a weird curve to it. Left or right? <laughs> it's it's. Uh, I think it curves a little a uh, little left. It's you know that, that that helps me out. There you go. It you dress that deck left. <laughs> all right well perfect i think <laughs> i think we're gonna end on curving decks and uh 
And Juice, it was wonderful to have you on, man. Seriously, thank we... you, Juice. Seriously, this, this this was this was great for me. <laughs> I learned a lot tonight. So yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I'm glad we could provide a little edutainment. And thank you so much for having me on. We'll have to have you on to talk about Hearthstone on Hearthcore. Well, yeah. you, you probably want Tyler. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll come on if you want Eric to make some shitty comments and, and drink some. <laughs> you know, Eric will come along. <laughs> if, if you want a bum to, to be one of the, the, the four guests or the two guests on the podcast, I'm happy to show up. Well, I think... That'd be fine because it makes the rest of us look really good. And that's my goal in life—the <laughs> lowest common denominator. I, I'm perfectly fine with that. Wonderful. Well, again, thanks so much, Juice. We're gonna wrap here. Everyone listening to Bitface, this is Juice from Hearthcore. Run TRG as you know me from Bitface, and to my right, as always, Sleazy MFE Eric. We're out. <laughs>